We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Vince, we've had enough. Are you ready for some rapid fire? I'm always ready for rapid fire, baby. Best time of the show. All right, let's do it. Fill in the blank. Losing to Marshall is Notre Dame's worst loss since blank. Well, for me, it's the wor- it's the worst loss. Let me get the date here because I want to make sure that I get this right. Hold on, let me pull it up here. Uh, let's see, October 30th, 2010. When they lost to Tulsa, mm. that was a head scratcher. That one was tough for me. That's the one I'm going to go with. The, the loss to Tulsa was just terrible. And see, a lot of people, we are not Marshall says Syracuse. We've got some Boston College. We've got yeah. Navy. Navy was bad. <laughs> USF is the one I'm going with. The opener oh, in 2011, one. and that was the last time. Do you remember? Do you remember that day? Oh, I think I we were there that. together. I, I that was, was the say, day. Go, go ahead. ahead. Yeah, no, you 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 were on the roll. I'm sorry, I started to interrupt you. Well, that was the day that there was the thunderstorms, <laughs> and they had to evacuate the press box, and the, you know, like halftime was like an hour and a half as opposed to. 30 minutes or whatever it was and then they go out there and lose as well and it's like again it's it's south florida you know i realize skip Holtz and all that different stuff and everyone's got their different choices but i've got to say south florida because it's like the first time south florida kind of it's very similar to me it's like very you know a a mid-major group of five program coming into notre dame stadium and it's supposed to be a pushover type win and instead they kick your butt and walk out of the stadium with a victory so it was very you know again like there there are a lot of a lot of uh different ones i think that you could take your pick because like when i first was thinking of this i was like well every loss in 2016 but at some point you know the kicks in the crotch you know just got a little bit more numb after time but yeah the south florida one is the one that sticks out to me but that tulsa one is no easier i think <laughs> they're all bad obviously yeah. one I, what i what i like about yours though is we literally spent all day at 
the field because of, you know, the delays and all, and there was a quarterback change and all of these different things. And they still lost the game. Like you can't even walk away from that. Well, at least they won. No, it was terrible. And it was terrible from the word go. I mean, you know, from an analyst standpoint, you're talking about changing your starting quarterback one half into the season. And then you've got the rain delays and the lightning delays and everything. I mean, it was, that one was terrible. There was nothing redeeming about that at all. No, I agree. Fill in the blank. The minimal number of touches per game Chris Tyree must have is blank. So you capitalize touches. So that tells me kickoff returns as well, right? Well, is that where we're going with this? Rushes and no, I'm not. I'm not including kickoff returns. Okay, okay uh, basically okay. from scrimmage. Touches. Okay, so so rushes and receptions. Okay, for me it's 15. That, that the number for me is 15. From carries to catches to getting involved, it's got to be like 15 plus. That's where I need to be. And frankly, it could be higher because he's got to make up for lost time in the first two games. I mean, it's been mind-boggling. Everything else that has been terrible, don't get me wrong, but that part of it, it's like a conscious decision not to get him the ball, and I don't understand it. He's the kind of talent who could literally be a Heisman Trophy type guy with with the you know like the highlight kind of plays he could be making if you just get the ball in his hands and the fact yeah. that he has nine rushes and three catches so far through two games so 12, 12 total touches six per game terrible last year he he was averaging 6.6 touches per game and that was with Kyron Williams in front of him right and Kyron Williams was getting 20 touches per game last year there is no reason that chris tyree should only be touching the ball six times to me i said the minimum is 12 but you're probably right it it needs to be between probably 15 and 20 but the minimal you know like if the flow of the game you know whatever he needs to have at least twice as many touches as he's getting right now and you're probably right it needs to be closer to 15 but i would put it even at 12 right now because that doubles what he's getting so far terrible i mean just when you're struggling offensively, why do you not put the ball in one of your best playmakers' hands? I did, I just, it, I have a hard time understanding this if I'm being honest. So it's, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yep. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Sam says if they if they gave him 15 times against Cal, I might even be more mad they haven't given him any chance. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> it's just going to tick you off because he's if you give it to him, I guarantee you this, if you give it to him 15 times, one of those is going to go for at least 30 yards. At Absolutely. Some, at least. Absolutely. Yes. yes. He's that dynamic of a player. Yes. Right. And that's that's what they're you know that's what they're lacking. I saw a national guy right over the weekend. Well, Notre Dame doesn't have any dynamic players other than Tyler Buckner. They do. They're you just not using him. him. Right. Yeah. There's also a dynamic freshman wide receiver too, but that's a different conversation. Well, and yeah, that's we can get into that one on <laughs> yeah. tomorrow's show for sure. For sure. Okay, this is the one we're going to revisit. Michael Mayer had his first touchdown catch Saturday. Isaiah Foskey had his first sack Saturday. So I've I've asked this question a couple times, yeah. including on Countdown Saturday. Which number will be greater at the end of the season? Foskey sacks or Mayer's touchdowns? Look, I have been adamant that it's going to be Foskey sacks, right? All the way up until September 12th at 7.02 p.m. Because <laughs> Isaiah Foskey has been a no-show so far this year. He's been an absolute no-show. And at least Michael Mayer, while he's kind of been a no-show when it comes to blocking, he hasn't been a no-show when it comes to catching the football. I'm going to go with Michael Mayer at this point. We're, we're, we're two games into the season. Isaiah Foskey has one sack, and I almost felt like it was an accident. So I'm going with Michael Mayer at this point. I, I just, I, I've been so disappointed in Isaiah Foskey and, and his lack of being a football player for the past yeah. two games. It's been yep. horrible. Yep. And I was wondering if your mind, because we didn't talk about this Saturday, no. I was wondering if your mind would change like me because I was with you. Yeah. And I had Foskey with the sacks as well. And I just think that it's going to end up being Michael Mayer by the time it's all said and done. I've been really disappointed in what we've seen from Foskey so far. Maybe there, you know, again, maybe there's a flip that switches but again both both lines have been major major disappointments i think so far yeah. and the question just came in irish marine 51 why can't notre dame get things going in the run game why That's... answers I, it comes down we're, with what's going all, on up front yeah. we're all asking the same questions man and we we think we know the answers but they have to show us that they have the answers Period. Right. You know, and I and I heard you say this over the weekend, and I agree with it. We can get more into personnel packages tomorrow, but it does no good to put heavy 12 and 13 personnel packages on the field, you know, two and three tight ends when your number two and three tight ends are not good blockers because yeah. that's what they're supposed to be out there for well, is extra yeah. blocking. And all you're doing is bringing extra bodies into the, into the box right. that Notre Dame cannot handle physically. No, I and and to be honest with you, the number one tight end is 
doing very poor job at blocking right now. If you know that that was one of my bigger disappointments going back and watching the film was watching Michael Mayer struggle in blocking. And I don't know if it was an effort situation or if it's a technique situation or what, but there were times where he would block a guy right into the running back or miss a block completely or whatever. At this point, you gave you gave Sherwood a a, a scholarship for a reason. Bring him in, let him block in line, and keep Michael Mayer split out. He's really yeah. good split out, really good. And Kevin Bauman can sit the bench for a little while. I love Kevin Bauman. You know, he's done a decent job catching a couple of balls, which is great. But no tight end on the roster right now is blocking well. So no. just get him out of the box. Get him out of there. Uh, you know, and again, like if the choice is we're going to have 12 personnel and have more of Kevin Bauman, or we're going to have 21 personnel and have some mix of Chris Tyree and or Estime yep. Diggs, I would go with the running backs. I would yep. rather see much more of that than an extra tight end on the field when the tight ends can't block. And, yeah. you know, again, like I'm, I'm of the opinion that, you know, like if you were this big physical team that we thought they were going to be, okay, then it makes sense to have the heavy personnel on the field. Right. But I think, I think they have a much better chance of running the football with 11 personnel and having guys spread out, you know, open the field up, get guys out of the box with that. I think that can potentially, you know, it's, I guess it's, kind of a little bit more finesse, but I think that that can open up the run game more than what they're doing right now by trying to bring more guys into the blocks when they can't push them off the line. No, you're absolutely right. And and if they, they insist on having more blockers in the box, I agree with we are not Marshall. Can't we bring in another lineman and make them an eligible receiver to shore up the run game? You don't even need to make them an eligible receiver. Keep the lineman number on them. It doesn't matter. That's fine. Go for it. That, you know, get somebody in there who can block. The problem is they can't find five linemen to block either. So it, it is, are you going to be able to find a sixth? I don't know. So, I mean, there's yep. still, there's still a lot of question marks here and none of them are really being answered at this point. I mean, if there's someone who should know offense, it's a guy named Bill Walsh and Bill <laughs> Walsh says the extra tight end seems to make things worse. I mean, you need a guy like Tom Rathman, just bring a big fullback in and that's the answer. But that's what you're talking about yeah, with uh, it, you just gave a scholarship to. You gave yeah. it to him for a reason. Let's see if he can block. Yep. Yep. Okay. So the Dan Patrick show tweeted this today. Who's in the worst shape right now? Nebraska, which we'll talk about more in depth in a minute. Notre Dame, Texas A&M, or the Dallas Cowboys? I mean, three of those four teams still have a head coach. So... <laughs> I, I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna go with Nebraska because of that situation. I, I still have faith that Notre Dame is gonna turn this around at some point. Maybe it won't be this year, but I I do feel like the future is is brighter than it is at Nebraska. I think you know, ne, you know, Texas A&M is building up their team the absolute wrong way, and I don't think that's sustainable. To be honest with you, especially in the SEC, I think you're gonna see mass defections from there. And I, I'll let you speak to the Cowboys, but they're without their quarterback for a while too. So, but I, I still think overall well, it's Nebraska. If I'm going to rank them for right now, well, even big, you know, even like right now, like Nebraska switch, you know, they, they actually had frost for five years, which well, not quite five years, but they're always changing head coaches. <laughs> they, you know, they've been a mess for a long time. So yeah. I, it, Nebraska has got to be at the top of the list. The Cowboys have to be number two because their offensive line 
is a mess. Now they're without Dak Prescott for at least six weeks because he broke his thumb. You know, so now we're going to see Cooper Rush, which means okay, great. Now we're playing for a top five pick in the in the draft next year with Cooper Rush being the quarterback and the lack of what they already had offensively. So I'd put them second. I'd put Notre Dame third because of where they are right now, zero and two, and trying to get something figured out. They just lost their quarterback, obviously, too. And then I'd put Texas A and M after that. Let me just ask you, since we're on the subject of Nebraska, though. They fired Scott Frost over the weekend after they lost to Georgia Southern. And if they had waited three weeks, their buyout would have been $7.5 million instead of $15 million by firing him today. Would the wait have been worth it, Vince? To me, 100%. You That's a lot of money. I mean, you, you basically doubled the payout, right? I mean, it's $7.5 million you could have saved and done a lot of things with, in my opinion. I realize things are expensive and millions of dollars doesn't go where it used to or whatever, but it's still $7.5 million. Could he have made Nebraska worse in the next three weeks? I don't think so. I mean, could it have been bad? Sure. But I also, I, I heck, I would have told him, hey, we're going to fire you in three weeks. <laughs> or, you know, you got three weeks to fix this thing or whatever. But no, I would have waited. I would I would have waited. And yes, it would have been a financial decision, but I would have waited. It I've always if you're gonna fire the coach after three weeks, and, and look, he wasn't doing a great job. Why didn't you fire him last year? You know, that's doing it three weeks into the season and paying double what it's right. going to cost you by not waiting three more weeks just seems foolish. Now, I guess if you've got a bunch of alumni or boosters or whatever who are gonna kick in the extra seven and a half million bucks. To do it now, okay, but what's the benefit in firing, firing your head coach three weeks into the season? It's not like you're going to be able to go shopping for a head coach right, right now. All it does is start speculation to other schools already on who's going to lose their coach next year, which you've already got lists of you know who the candidates are and all that kind of stuff. And I'll just say right now, leave Lance Leopold alone. Kansas just beat West Virginia, the upset that I called last weekend. I need him for at least a couple years. I mean, they've got to get to a bowl game once. <laughs> before you let him go but it just it makes no sense if you were going to fire if you're going to fire a head coach three weeks into the season you should have fired him at the end of last right. year I realize he's an alum and all those different things and then just on top of the fact I saw this today since 2005 with all these coaches Nebraska has fired they have paid 50 million dollars in buyouts wow. in the last 17 years 50 million dollars in buyouts in the last 17 years that shows you, you know, again, that shows you what a bad state Nebraska football is in. And they're just stupid to fire him and pay right. that much more to fire him and not just wait three weeks to do it. There's nothing that you gain by doing it now that you wouldn't have got by waiting until October 1st. Yep. I completely agree. It's not like they're going to replace him in the next three weeks. You know what I mean? And I think Antoine in the chat said that as well. You, you, waiting does, it doesn't hurt you. At all. No. I mean, you, you have already decided that this season is over because you're firing your head coach. So another three weeks is going to make zero difference. Zero. Yep. The only difference it's going to make is you're going to be seven and a half million dollars richer by the end of it. And you decided to give that money to him. And now he's got $15 million in his back pocket to not coach, which is. When Chi-Town is right, they deserve it for being awful. Frank Solich was winning nine games a year and they have got. <laughs> They're lucky to get half of that 
in the time, you know, in the however many years it's been now since they fired him. <laughs> T-Rod Jenkins, maybe we should hire Jason Garrett as the offensive coordinator so we don't have to listen to him in the booth. We'll address that tomorrow. <laughs> Are you telling me I'm going to have to watch that game again and listen to the commentators? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Let's listen to – listen to – we'll listen to part of it, yeah. Because okay, I know okay. you probably – Turned it down, and I forwarded through a lot. I've got, <laughs> okay. I've got a few thoughts. I've got a okay, few thoughts. Okay, fair enough. So it was pouring down rain in Chicago yesterday. Bears caught a lot of grief for their field conditions at Soldier Field. Is the criticism fair or foul, Vince? Well, look, so in the preseason, the field looked terrible. It was terrible. Remember that big chunks coming out? And, like, I mean, it was a disaster. It was a safety concern, all of it. So they literally replaced the entire field last week. They replaced it. It's brand spanking new. And then they get torrential downpours all day long. I mean, you can't blame God for the field. I mean, it's like, I think it's foul at this point just because they were having to deal with all of the weather and the rain. And I mean, it was yeah. just nonstop. That, there's nothing you can do to control that. And, and frankly, yeah, it was really, really wet. Maybe it should have drained better or whatever. That's kind of over my head as far as the engineering of a field is concerned. But they just put in a brand new field. What more do you want? That's exactly it. I mean, they need to get out of Soldier Field. But the field itself, you know, like it's the stadium that's the bigger issue. The Absolutely. field itself, raining the way it was raining yesterday, you know, like you said, I have no idea what the drainage underneath looks like, but that is as hard as I've seen it rain yes. during a football game in a long time. And I don't care where you are and what kind of fields you have, you would have had bad field conditions yes. with it raining as hard as it was raining yesterday. We were supposed to get more of it here in South Bend. We didn't get it quite as bad as they got it in Chicago. It was just dumping on him like i saw this video of a guy who was standing there with his popcorn and the water just gushing down and it's filling up his popcorn bucket and he dumps <laughs> out his bucket and he's like what my popcorn's gone and it's like <laughs> you know there's there's a lot of things that you can bag on the bears about but you know again oh yeah you can't you can't control the weather and unless you're playing in a dome stadium which you know they want to build a dome but sure. unless you're playing in a dome stadium I don't see how you can knock the Bears for what that field looked like. Rain is yeah. rain. You can't do anything about it, you know, no matter yeah. where you are. Nope, I completely agree with that. They did everything they could. They were squeegeeing the field. And, but, I mean, it was constant rain. And when you get constant rain like that, there's just nothing you can do about it. I mean, it just is what it is. Now, on that subject, fill in the blank. It's blank that Bears punter Trenton Gill was flagged for unsportsmanlike conduct when he brought a towel on the field yesterday to wipe down the spot where the Bears were trying to kick a field goal. And so because of the penalty, five yards pushed him back. They ended up punting instead. What do you think about that one? I think that rule is stupid, first of all. I mean, in the past, and you're going to have to help me out because you know how bad I am at historical trivia in sports, <laughs> but right. didn't they use like a, a, a plow to plow over where the kicker was going to kick in way the back in the day at the Patriots game, yeah, right. I think it was banned after that happened. But you know, okay. I, don't, I don't think that it, so. So it's indirect. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. But at the same time, what's the difference? Why can't you? I mean, it's not like he was picking the grass up, you know, and like trying to find cement or something. 
he was just wiping it down so the guy doesn't kill himself as he tries to kick the ball. I, I'm sorry. I thought that rule was stupid. I didn't even know that rule existed, and it shouldn't exist. Well, and look, the way, again, the way it was raining yesterday, one, I guess, for him to think that he was going to bring a, a towel on the field and that was going to make a difference. <laughs> Good point. Good point. For one, and like, because like, what is that actually going to do when it's muddy and it's, you know, all soggy and, and everything else? So, yeah, I think it's a completely stupid rule. As well, you know, again, if it's if it's raining like that, is it really going to hurt if you bring out a towel to kind of try to mop it up a little bit? I will say the one good thing to come out of that, the Bears won, and that was one of the coolest, you know, most fun um, victory celebrations that I had ever seen after they took the last knee and the whole team went and did a, uh, (laughs) you know, like a turf dive in the end zone. That was pretty cool. It was. I, I mean, look. The Bears don't get to celebrate many victories, so you might as well have some fun with it and slide in the rain and everything else. Hey, look, they're in first place in the NFC North, baby. Yep. First place. Yep. All right, well, that's going to do it for tonight. It's been a, uh, as usual, very live chat <laughs> here tonight, which Always. which I guess, has it been this has it been this crazy all weekend, you know, just with people? Oh, Yes. Yes, I'll give you some specifics from the post-game show after we get off the air. But yes, it has been this way uh, both for the post-game show and upon further review that we did Sunday night. Uh, no doubt about it. But again, as I said and when we first opened the show, the fans are what pay our bills. And right. we, we love every one of you guys. And Absolutely. You guys are allowed to go off the deep end when, frankly, it's I can't think of another situation where it's more deserved at this point. So... Hopefully they can right the ship and get things moving in the right direction. And for all the Drew Pine fans out there, I hope that he is who you think he is. We will find out Saturday when uh, the Irish host Cal. We've got, of course, there's a lot of different things that we're going to still touch on. We'll get more into, you know, we're starting to get some of the Marcus Freeman conversation. We'll get into a little bit of that tomorrow. We'll touch on that NBC broadcast booth. Tomorrow, the new broadcast booth, there was a review by one of the sports media um, reporters who did a review of the Collinsworth-Garrett booth, so I'll have that tomorrow. Wednesday, of course, is our mailbag show, so you know a lot of comments a lot of comments running through here right now, oh, so make baby. sure you're here Wednesday when we do the actual mailbag show, and we've got more throughout the course of the week as well, so... I wish we had more fun things to talk about, but <laughs> someday, someday. we're here for you. We're here for you to be your sounding board. We're here for you. You know, this is where you can vent in your safe space. You know, That's we're right. not going to hold it against you. This and, is you know, safe space. I think the most the, the most important thing is we're not taking shots at anybody, but we're also going to call it like we see it. You know, we're not going to we're not going to we're not going to soft sell things. Yeah. So no doubt about it. I mean, this is why people come to Irish Breakdown. Right, we're not going to homer it for you. We're going to tell you exactly how we think things should go and what we think is happening, and you know that's what we're here for. So we're with you guys. We are fans as well as working. So come, come hang with us again. This is a safe space, and uh, you can share your thoughts with us. And we'll be back tomorrow at six, just for that. Absolutely, reason. absolutely, we will be here. So thanks to everyone for being here tonight. We will talk to you tomorrow. I know that there's a lot of different things going on, right? I love it when when people just start, you know, like 
they've got their own little world going on in the chat. We're just kind of here. But we will be here tomorrow. Don't forget, like, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Talk to you manana on IB Nation Sports Talk. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.